Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Today I want to talk to you about unfinished things. How many projects and tasks have you started in life and just never finished? Uh, yesterday I started on uh, work on my yard and uh, it seemed like uh, the more I worked, the more things I saw that needed to be done. The more things that I got squared away and looking nice, the more it pointed out the things that I hadn't done. And, and you know, it's, it's not just that, but, it, you know, uh, we all uh, get into projects and things that we try and do and uh, time slips away from us and we wind up uh, rolling it up and putting it aside or, or uh, setting it off to a corner and, and say, well, I'll get back to it later. I'll get back to it uh, pretty soon and and it sits there and sits there and sits there and just never gets done, never gets worked on, never gets uh, any further along because, well, life gets in the way. Uh, something else comes along that is just as important or more important or sometimes we just get tired of... of uh, all the rat race and all the things that we're doing and we tend to to just want to sit back and do nothing. Life is like an unfinished symphony. We start off with great ambitions. We start off with such great promise and we talk about all the things that we're going to accomplish and then shortly after we kind of let it go by the wayside. I think uh, nothing more symbolizes that than New Year's resolutions. Uh, you know, uh, people make New Year's resolutions to, to go to the gym. But I tell you what, that gym membership that's auto-renewing is the worst thing in the world because you start going and then you forget about going and you, you skip a day or two and... And, uh, y'all are laughing because you probably do that, don't you, huh? Oh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> you get you get uh, uh, all the great intentions of of spending time in the gym, making yourself healthy, doing all the right things, eating all the right foods. And then all of a sudden, Taco Bell comes by, and you you say, "Well, you know, I'll just do it this one time." Then Burger King comes by, and you see that. Oh well, I'm in a hurry today. I'll just go ahead and 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 do this this one time, and and you get to the point where you forget about getting back to your priorities, getting back to the task that you're trying to accomplish. In Ephesians chapter 5, we've been looking at uh, this passage of Scripture. We looked at the beginning of it last week. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And we talked about what it means to be a fool and, and walking as a fool and and that kind of thing, and how we're uh, admonished to walk as a wise person. It says, 
in verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so we began looking at it this uh, last week of, of uh, what it means to be wise. And today we're going to talk about redeeming the time, redeeming the opportunities that God gives us, redeeming the, the, the course in our life and what we should do. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 says, If ye call upon the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. We're to fear the Lord and we're to be careful about how we spend our days and how we spend our life. We, we think, uh, I, I tell you one of the biggest lies that Satan tells us is, is that you're not important. You're not significant. Satan tells you that lie because he wants you not to know that God is, is uh, uh, destined throughout all of eternity to have a relationship with you and desires to, uh, to do everything he can to bring, him, bring you back into a right relationship. He moved heaven and earth to, to send his son to die on the cross for your sins so that you could rejoin him in that fellowship, rejoin Him in that love relationship and have a, a, a relationship with Him. Job chapter 14, verse 14 says, All the days of my life are appointed time. Will I wait until my change comes? Job was somebody who really understood and knew how significant life is. He lost everything. Remember that? He was a wealthy man. He had uh, lots of children. He had a, a wonderful life. And then all of a sudden, Satan comes to God in, in heaven and says, you know, Job, he'll, he'll curse you if, if things weren't going so good, but you protect him so much. And God said, well, why don't, you, why don't we see what Job will do? Because I believe Job won't curse me. And so he says, you can do this and do that. And Satan took away all of his wealth and Satan caused all kinds of calamities to happen to his wealth. And then his children were killed in a storm. And, and, <coughs> excuse me. and then not only that, but Satan says, well, you know, it, he's still sitting pretty over there. Uh, Let's, let's attack his health. And so God said, okay, go ahead. And so uh, uh, Satan caused boils to come up on his body all over and he was miserable and, and Job cursed the day he was born. Let me tell you something. There's not anything worse than, than despising the day that you were born. He said, it would have been better if I'd been born stillborn. That way I would have resulted in the same thing, being buried and never experienced all the tragedy, all the hardship, all the difficulty that I had. And Job understood that all, understood that all of his days had an appointed time and everything was according to God's desire. He understood. He didn't curse God. He questioned. He, he said, I, I, and he had friends that came and, and uh, said all kinds of things to him about, hey, you must have sinned. You must have done this wrong, that wrong. God's punishing you because of all these things. Job said, no, none of that's true. None of that happened. I, I didn't do any of those things. And, and so he uh, continued to, 
to stand firm. And he understood and he knew each day was according to God's desire. Uh, look at, at uh, not only Job, but in Acts, Paul uh, 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 writes, uh, not uh, Paul, but in the book of Acts, it says, Neither I count my life dear unto myself. Uh, he says, I'm not out for myself. I'm not out for self-preservation. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, Let us lay aside every weight and run the race that is set before us. Each one of us has a task before us. We're to, uh, to, to take off all encumbrances, all the things that, that might keep you from running the race. You don't run a, ra- a marathon with a backpack on your back. You don't uh, do the, you, you get all the weights and all the things that, that might be a part of your life uh, off of you so you can run well. We need to do the same in terms of our devotion. Uh, life has boundaries. And we need to run the race that's set before us. Life has uh, certain limits. And we're talking about that today, about the boundaries of time. Second Timothy 4.7 says, I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. I have uh, come to the end of my time. Psalms 89, verse 46 and 47 says, Wilt thou hide thyself forever? He's, uh, the psalmist David is, is asking God, God, are you going to uh, hide forever? My enemies are all around me. I'm, I'm, I'm facing so much persecution. He says, Remember how short my time is. He's saying to God, My, my life's not as long as yours. Remember, my life is short. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 29 says uh, that time is short. Time is, is fleeting. And we looked at all of this uh, uh, last week in terms of, of what uh, Paul is telling the church at Ephesus. Remember the first three chapters of Ephesus, uh, of Ephesians, excuse me. Uh, the first three chapters of Ephesians is about God's plan and purpose for our life. And then uh, the last three chapters of Ephesians is about how uh, we're to live that life and how we're to accomplish that. We uh, talked about uh, all of the different things in terms of, of how we're to, to walk. We're to walk in wisdom. We're walking uh, is what we're looking at now. We talked about uh, walking in the light. We talked about uh, walking in unity. We talked about... Uh, uh, how God desires for us to live our life. And we come to this passage of Scripture and we talked about uh, what is wisdom? What is God's desire for us? How do we live in a wise uh, way? We talked about last week when, when we accept Jesus Christ into our, Lord, uh, into our life, we become uh, heirs with Jesus Christ and we... Uh, become wise as a result of God living and dwelling within us, Jesus Christ dwelling within us. Uh, we looked at that scripture that, that says that uh, uh, Christ is the embodiment of all wisdom. Uh, and we talked about how wisdom cries out and desires for us to. to to come into to that wisdom. And fools die for the lack of wisdom. And uh, we talked about how in so, uh, Proverbs chapter 1 it says that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. 
And so we're not, act, uh, we're not living as foolish people. We're trying to live and walk in wisdom, to walk in the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus. So we're called to walk in love. We're called to uh, walk in the light of Christ. And now we're walking in wisdom. Uh, we're to walk in wisdom because when we accept Christ into our heart and life, uh, He gives us all wisdom and understanding and knowledge. So we're called to walk in that wisdom. So how do we walk in wisdom? How do we do that? We uh, looked last time at this and we uh, uh, talked about uh, see now or see then, that we walk circumspectly. We, uh, We talked about how God calls us to walk in wisdom, not as the foolish does, but as in wisdom. And so uh, he says, walk circumspectly. That word there is a word that we don't use very often. It's a word that uh, tends to trip some people up that aren't familiar with it. That word means to walk according, uh, accordingly, to walk carefully, to walk with exactness. It means to uh, uh, remember the passage of Scripture that tells us that we are to uh, walk in the narrow path, not in the wide. It says, uh, wide are the ways uh, to destruction, but narrow is the path that leads into righteousness. Narrow is the gate. Uh, We are to walk in the narrow path, the exact path, the way in which God calls us to walk, the narrow path that leads to righteousness. One of my favorite uh, works that I read in school was something that I had read before, but it it had such deep impact to me uh, when I read it uh, actually as an assignment. It was John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. So many of you probably are familiar with it. It uh, talks about a a young man by the name of Christian who is uh, starting out in his life and he's carrying this great heavy burden. And all throughout his life, he's walking along the pathway and and there's all kinds of things that are are drawing him away from the pathway that he's supposed to go and all the perils of life that, uh, that are a part of the evilness of this world and and he finally makes it to the cross. And, and when he comes to the cross, that burden that he's been carrying around for so long eases off of his uh, shoulders and he's able to uh, make his way into glory. And, and it is an analogy of the Christian walk, of the, of the way in which we come to Christ and, and all the, the challenges of, of all the sin and, all, and temptations that, that face us. And how we're to come to the cross. And, and it's at the cross of, of Calvary that we receive our salvation and we're able to loose the burdens uh, off of us. And we're able to, to live our life as God desires for us. Uh, Proverbs chapter 2 is, is probably a commentary of Ephesians chapter 5. And in Proverbs 2, it says that we're to walk the wise path. Don't stray into wickedness. We're to understand the precepts of God. We're to follow God's direction and guidance in our life, and we're to follow His precepts. 
Romans chapter 1 tells us that the world thinks it is wise, but, it, but they are fools instead. And so we're called to walk in wisdom. And we understand uh, the call and understand uh, uh, what we're to do. And now... Uh, the second point is is that we're aware of the limited privileges. We're limited in time. We're to redeem the time, it says. We're to make the most of our time. We're to do our utmost to, to, uh, to fulfill God's purpose and plan in our life because the days are evil. It, it's, we're, we're not to, to go flip-flopping down through life, strolling along as if everything is, is uh, just simply uh, happy-go-lucky and nothing uh, really matters. We're to li- live life and we're to live our life carefully. It says here uh, we're to uh, redeem the time because the days are evil. Uh, it refers to uh, time here as uh, keros. This is a word that, that refers to uh, an era or an epic or a, a uh, certain period of time. It's not chronos that is the normal word that you would see used for time here. Uh, it is uh, referring to rather instead a understanding of opportunities. Chronos speaks of time like a clock and, and how time passes, but uh, chaos is used here to refer to the opportunities. Make most of your... Uh, redeem... Redeem the time, the kairos. Redeem the, the opportunities that God has before you. We are to redeem the opportunities, the moments that God has given us. We are to grasp for those opportunities, for God has given them to us for His glory and for His honor. We are to grasp those opportunities and make the most of them so that we can give Him glory throughout our life. There, uh, <coughs> it reminds me of a statue that was used quite often uh, in Greek cities. There in the center of the city would be a, this statue, and it was an unusual looking statue. And it, it was in many different cities and many different places. And the reason we understand what it is is because it had an inscription on the, on the pedestal of the statue. And the statue was of, a, of an individual that looked quite unusual. He had wings upon his feet. He had a lock of hair that extended down in front of his face, but he was bald on the back. And... Uh, on the uh, pedestal, it, it was written there uh, what it was. It says, Who made thee? Lipsos made me. And what is thy name? Opportunity. Why hast thou wings on thy feet that I may fly away swiftly? Why hast thou a forelock that men may seize me when I come? Why art thou bald and back when I am gone by? None can lay hold of me. 
We need to understand that opportunities are fleeting. And that was the whole purpose of this statue in, in, uh, in these Greek cities was to let people understand and know that opportunities are fleeting. Opportunities go by. And, and really it was made more for uh, those who would take opportunities of, of business and other things. But as the believer... We need to always understand that to walk wisdom is to know how to make the most of every opportunity that God gives us, to make the most of every situation. You see, the difference between walking in wisdom as a Christian and walking in foolishness is, is that uh, and when you walk in wisdom, you understand and you see all the opportunities that God lays out before you, all the situations. You say, well... Uh, uh, Brother Carl, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. God gives us opportunities to talk to people and to meet their needs and to minister to them because they're hurting and they're going through hardships and problems. God gives us opportunities to share the gospel and to share the love of Christ and help people to understand and know the, uh, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. God gives us opportunities to minister to people by helping them with things. It's just a matter of, of waking up and seeing those opportunities before us and using them to the utmost and to, uh, to uh, God's glory. Uh, I, I see this every day in my own life and, and I'm becoming more and more aware of it. God gives us situations in which we understand and know what's going on. It's just simply in reading the uh, uh, what the way in which people talk to us. Most times when you say, hey, how you doing? And, and most everybody says, even if they're having the worst day in the world, they're saying, oh, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm doing fine. Oh, really? But if you just look at them, you look at their, uh, the expression on their face, or you look at the situation that they're going through, you might see that they've uh, injured their arm and they're hurting, or they might ha- uh, be having difficulty walking, or they might have uh, problems, and, and it just, it's just evident on their face. And if you just take a moment and say, what's wrong? What's really wrong? Usually people will just flow forth and share with you all the burdens that they're having. And it could very well be that God has put you in that very place in that very moment to speak to them about their burdens, about the problems that they're facing, about the trials that they're going through, and to give them the hope that's found in Christ. You see, we have something in our life, we have something in us that the world doesn't have, and that's the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. That's the understanding and knowing that God is with us wherever we go and that He is helping us through our trials and difficulties. We have the assurance of of God's love and the assurance of of what God is is desiring to accomplish in our life and we need to to share that. We don't need to just simply keep our lips closed and our our mouth shut and, and not talk to people. I mean, it's like it's like having the best thing in the world having the, the, the most wonderful thing in the world and, and not sharing it with someone else. It would be ridiculous to do that. And we need to understand that as Christians, we do have the best thing in the world. We have a relationship with Christ. We have an understanding of what God's desire is for us. 
Why does Paul link wisdom with redeeming opportunity? Why is it that Paul is talking about wisdom and then all of a sudden switches over to opportunity? Because men waste time and opportunities. Men who waste time and opportunities are fools. Psalms chapter 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. And wisdom is seeing opportunities and grasping it because that is the opportunity that we have for God. He says, well, why do we need to do this? Why do we need to redeem the time? He says, because the days are evil. Evil is drawing men away from God. It's... uh, uh, evil men are drawing people away from God and living. Uh, we're to live our opportunities for God's glory. We need to, to spend our days and our times serving God because the things of this world are just simply drawing us ever further away from God. Just think of just what's going on in regular society. Everything else is more important than your relationship to God. Everything in the world is pointing to, uh, to take care of you. Me, me, me. My, my, my. I want this and I want that. I want to do this. I want to do that. I, I, I want to just get away from the world and spend time uh, uh, fiddling with a little game or something to, to waste away the time because it makes me laugh. It makes me giggle. It makes me have fun. But the opportunities that God gives us come by us but once. And we need to be sure to make the most of those opportunities and to serve God. And wisdom sees opportunities and grasps hold of it to serve God. The evil of this world wants us to appease all the things that we're doing. Well, one of the other things that some scholars believe is, is that maybe it could be that, that uh, Paul was more pointedly talking about the evil that was going on in Ephesus. And that evil was, remember at the beginning of the book of Ephesus, it talks about, uh, Paul talks about uh, men coming in and teaching false doctrine, false uh, 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 teachings about Christ and drawing people away from Christ because, by teaching these false teachings. It could be that Paul is talking about uh, those who are, uh, who are grieving God by uh, re, uh, causing people to miss the opportunities in their life and miss the, the chance of living for God. Regardless of, of what it is, um, the people of, of this time in Ephesus were living lascivious lives. Remember we talked about that in the first three chapters. And Paul says people are, are going about their lives only thinking of the sin that, that they are living in. They were living perverted li- uh, uh, desires usually related to sexual uh, uh, indiscretions. It, it, they were living un clean lives and, and lives of greediness. They were corrupt. They were uh, not only corrupt in their actions and the activities that they were doing, but, uh, but even in the, their communication, they were lying and they were uh, telling all kinds of, of uh, disgraceful things, foolish talk, he calls it. Now they were using, uh, they were doing everything that they were doing was just simply uh, walking in evil lasciviousness. But Paul talks about walking in wisdom because the perversions of the day uh, were all about. And he also is 
warning them and warning us. Things are great now. Things may not be as bad as they uh, may become. Less than 100 years from the time in which Paul is writing this uh, book in Ephesians, less than 100 years, all types of persecution will happen. Christians will be uh, burned at the stake. Christians will be thrown to the lions. So much persecution that, uh, that uh, Christians will be used to, be, uh, to light the gardens of Caesar. And it's all because of their faith, all because of their devotion to Christ. And when difficult times come, we need to be sure that we have done our utmost to serve God and do our, everything that we can to live for Him and to serve Him. John, you, you recall in, in uh, the book of Revelation uh, at the beginning, talks about these uh, different churches that were in a circuit. And he says about this church he says you have lost your first love he said the candlestick in God's presence will be removed there will be destruction of all of society all the things that is out there and for that reason we need to understand there is an urgency not, we can't just simply redeem the time and talk about not missing opportunities without the urgency that's implicit in this we don't know what will happen tomorrow. We don't know what will uh, come. So we must redeem the time. Make the most of every moment. Now that word redeem also is, is something that is missing in English that you can't uh, tell that, that from what's here. In the Greek it is in the middle voice. And I know a lot of you may not understand what I'm talking about being in the middle voice, but he sa- it's basically like he's saying, you need to redeem the time. It's, it's for yourself and for you to do. You must make the most of your opportunities that God is giving you. You need to understand that, look, I, the preacher can't redeem the time for you. I can't redeem the time by, uh, by doing things for you. It is incumbent upon each and every one of us to redeem the time, to make the most of every moment. Every day, God gives us opportunities. The greatest fool is the one who uh, wastes time, who spends time doing uh, things without opportunity. And thirdly, the, the, and the last point, and we got just a minute or so, is we need to not only understand the limitations of our resources in terms of limitations of time, but also we need to understand the Lord's purpose, the third thing. We need to understand that we are not to panic. God doesn't tell us, uh, God's not telling us through His servant Paul to redeem the time to cause us to panic and to cause us to get all uh, flustered about the fact that, uh, that we need to be urgent about what we're doing, but rather we need to know what God's will is for our life. We need to understand and know God's will. You say, well, well Brother Carl, I, I don't understand what God's will is. I, I don't know what God's will is. It's very simple. God's not up in heaven uh, sitting there uh, watching us look around for things. And uh, I used to, as a little kid, uh, think about God's will as uh, like uh, we might be out in the woods somewhere and, and God's hiding behind a tree somewhere and He's saying, I got your will. Come find me. 
No, God's not doing that. And God's not in heaven up there saying, uh, you're a little warmer, a little warmer. No, you're cold now. Uh, my will's out there. You need to find it. Come on, you're, you're getting a little, you're, you're cold. Oh, you're stone cold. Oh, now you're getting a little warmer, a little warmer. No, God's not playing games with us. God's not trying to hide His will. God tells us up front what His will is for us. First and foremost is that we're to have a relationship with Him. We need to get saved. We need to get our heart and life right with Him. We need to, uh, to give our life over to Him and allow Him uh, to, have, uh, to have lordship in our life. Then secondly, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is why it's so important for us to understand why it's, uh, it's important not to allow uh, uh, video games or TV shows or, or uh, uh, any kind of thing like drugs, alcohol, and all kinds of other things to, to be a part of our life. Why? Because those things are consuming in our life. They take control of our life away from us and God's not in control of our life. To walk as a Christian means to live your life allowing Him to have control in your life. Not even you to be uh, in control. When you give your heart and life to Him, it's saying, it's saying God, <coughs> I want You to be the Lord of my life. I want You to have Lordship. So what I want doesn't matter. <coughs> what I care about doesn't matter any longer. I care about what You care about and I want You to be the Lord of my life. And so it's important for us to understand that uh, if uh, we do that, then the Holy Spirit fills our life. And in doing that, the Holy Spirit begins to work in us and begins to change us and sanctify us, thirdly. And then fourthly, not only do we, are we sanctified and saved and, and filled with the Holy Spirit, but we're submissive to His will we're submissive to what God desires for our life. We're submissive to Him, what He wants. We walk in obedience. That's, the, uh, that's how we show our love towards God is to walk in obedience, to be submissive to Him. And sometimes that submission means that we uh, 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 have to sacrifice what we want. But in doing so, we come so much closer to Him. We live our life full of opportunity, full of everything that God desires. Because God takes delight in those who walk in His way. We need to understand that God is calling us to walk a life of wisdom. God gives us that direction. He gives us an understanding of what we're to do. And He helps us to know what it is that we should do. We simply have to be willing to seize the opportunity to live for Him, live in His will. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we praise You for the opportunity that You've given us to live for You. We thank You, Father, for Your grace and Your mercy. It's been so overwhelming in our life to allow us to come to You to seek our salvation, to have our, our lives cleansed. We don't have to go about trying to to fix our life before we come to You, You simply tell us to come as You are. And You work all that out. You redeem us. You sanctify us. You give us the opportunity to live for You. Lord, help us to walk in Your way. Help us to serve You. Help us to be wise with every moment of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.